Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. Super pumped to have with me Jess Glazer. And Jess has an incredible entrepreneurial journey and story to share that I know is going to inspire you guys. But we're also going to be digging into not just what's so inspirational about our journey, but the how-to that went along with it. Jess, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Amazing, Kelly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So you have just an incredible story of going from like being a burnout teacher to a million dollar business owner in two years. And it looks like and sounds like there were a lot of kind of enlightenment moments for you, a lot of hurdles that you overcame in that journey that really helped you to get to where you are, but also that can really help all of our entrepreneurial listeners. So I'm really excited to dig into all of that. Um, Why don't you just give a little bit of that backstory behind that journey first, and then we'll dig into some of the how-tos as we go. Yeah, absolutely. So just for some context here, I've made a lot of pivots, which at one point I thought were failures, but now I realize that they were just different lessons and stepping stones to get me here. But I actually went to college for my doctorate of physical therapy. And when I was in my undergrad program, my parents had sort of encouraged me to get a teaching degree to quote, fall back on, um, which was a good thing that they did. So when I graduated, ended up doing the first year of my grad school program, dropped out of my doctorate program, ended up in the fashion industry for a year. So I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York for a year while I lived on my brother's couch, decided that was not for me, didn't love that industry and went into teaching. So I used that degree that I had to fall back on, if you will. Spent eight years working as an elementary school physical education and health teacher. And I had been personal training for years at the time. I mean, gosh, I started personal training clients in 2002. So it's been 18 years I've been training clients, but was doing teaching and training clients still extremely unfulfilled. So was creating little side hustle businesses after school, on the weekends, and during summers. And I tried everything from just building my in-person personal training and group fitness to I gave a stint in network marketing. I built a women's sort of health and fitness field trip company, if you will, where we were doing monthly field trips and international retreats. I just kind of dabbled in all different things. Never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. We don't have entrepreneurs in my family. That was not an option. Um, But after... I'd say about four years of teaching, I was noticing that I was really searching elsewhere. And I just kept looking for other places to put my energy, to make more money, to spend my time. And so after eight years teaching, I put my notice in and I left my very comfortable, very cushy, tenured job with great benefits and pension to sort of take the leap into entrepreneurship, which at the time I thought was to be the next Jillian Michaels (laughs) Um, and work in fitness, which I did. I've been a celebrity trainer, like I said, for 18 years, worked with a lot of fitness magazines. And what ended up happening was my fitness career took off in a way that a lot of trainers started asking me, how did I build my business? How did I, you know, how am I making all this money online? And so I sort of organically and accidentally fell into business coaching. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. I actually just got done an interview today, uh, right before we got on actually, and the host was asking me, you know, did you always dream of being an entrepreneur? Did you have entrepreneurs in your family? I'm like, no, it was, it was not the plan at all. Yeah. But I think you just come to kind of that tipping point for a lot of us, at least you come to a tipping point where you kind of realize like, you're never going to get the fulfillment that you're seeking unless you go out and create it. Yeah. It's not even that you one day wake up and say, I want to be an entrepreneur. Sure. It's I'm going to have to take full responsibility for this thing. Mm -hmm. Go out and build what I'm envisioning because I'm not going to step into something that someone else has created yeah. and get the sense of, you know, purpose and fulfillment. And, and it sounds like you and I kind of have that a little bit in common. Yeah. And I think for some people, some of the listeners, it might resonate more. What I went through wasn't even I'm not getting it here. Let me build it somewhere else. It was, I'm so uncomfortable and unhappy here. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that's really, I didn't like jump and expect to grow wings. I just yeah. couldn't do it anymore. I had to leave. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think I'm really happy to hear you say that because I think, you know, I felt a little bit of that. I think a lot of people do. I think that a lot of times, um, you know, people feel like it's not the right time. And especially now, right? There's people listening today um, that it's it's never the right time. Um, things are unstable. We're uncertain where the economy is going. There's all these stories that we tell ourselves. And it doesn't matter whether it's about starting a new business or whether it's investing in our team or whether it's making an important move to go forward. Um, I, I think you you really have to be able to recognize when like you have to do it without a guarantee. Yeah. Like you had to do it without a guarantee. Like you couldn't do it anymore. You're like, you didn't even, you were like, I don't care whether the wings appear or not. Like this has to happen. Um, yeah. And I think we all have those moments in life. And I think it's a great thing to develop the ability to allow yourself to be at risk of failing in that way and not need a guarantee. Because I think yeah. when you require a guarantee to take the next step, you always play small. You always, of course, because yeah. you can't, there's no way of, of reaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you, one of the things that you talk a lot about is how there's kind of the, the, we'll call it the angel and the devil of ego, right? There's two different sides of the ego and you, you really teach about um, these different elements and how this can impact you. Can you like open up a little bit about like what your experience, what that was, and then maybe, you know, walk the listeners through a little bit of how we can shape their perspective on that in a meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. So the definition, and I don't have it in front of me, but the definition of ego is essentially how you think about yourself. It's like your self-worth and your self-image. Yeah. And so we're born without an ego. We actually don't really have an ego when we're born. And then over time, through comments from other people, the way that you know our parents are raising us, the environment that we're in, tra traumatic things that happen in elementary school, we start to kind of build these layers of an onion of an ego. And so that's where we start to bring in I'm not good enough. I don't look a certain way. I'm stupid. All these different things, which that can be negative self-talk. That's negative ego, yeah. right? And there's limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome and all these other beautiful things that we get to deal with. And so when you start to understand that you have control over your ego and it's not a real thing, uh, labeling yourself is actually a disservice. So I know for me, I kind of now joke around that I'm a recovering perfectionist, but for the longest time, I thought being quote unquote type A or control freak, like I thought that those were, number one, I thought that they were good qualities and strong traits to have. But number two, I really identified with them and I put a lot yeah. of self-worth into those things. I'm a perfectionist. I have to get everything done right. I'm a doer instead of just a yeah. fear, right? And so when you start to understand that you have control over the ego, 
and that it's like this weird film, it's almost a lens that you're choosing, um, you can start to delineate. And my one of my business mentors, my current mentor, he said to me about two or three years ago, we were sitting down at dinner and he said to me this quote that I use all the time, but he said, Jess, ego is your biggest overhead. And when I started to understand what that meant, ego is your biggest overhead, meaning you think you're too good or good enough that you don't ask a question or you're embarrassed and you don't want to ask a question or you're worried about what people are going to say or whatever that might be. Ego could be your biggest overhead. You're not getting the help you need. You're not getting you know, the guidance or whatever that might be. And so when I started to look at it from that lens of ego really is my biggest overhead where I'm getting in my own way or I'm not getting what I need because I'm afraid to ask for it for whatever reason, fear of looking stupid, judgment, being, you know, whatever that might be. Then I started to understand it's just a facade and you get yeah. to choose. You get to choose. Are you coming in from, uh, I love myself and I love, I, I'm worthy and I can do great things and I can be giving back. Or are you coming in from a place of fear and negative ego, which would be, you know, I am not good enough, imposter syndrome, comparison, et cetera. Yes, yes, for sure. And, and I love that reminder because I think we talk a lot about how our belief systems are formed and can be replaced, right? And that's a very kind of common conversation now in the personal development world. But I think this conversation that you're having about ego is not so commonly brought into that personal development conversation. I think it's equally important, if not even more important, right? Because it's like, where do you have your defenses up that you don't even know you're doing it and have been doing it for so long in that way you don't even recognize it as being ego like as you were saying that i was sitting here trying to think to myself i wonder I wonder where i'm doing that right now like i'm gonna sit here after this podcast and i'm gonna like figure out because i think what happens is i think it becomes so habitual for us mm -hmm. that we don't feel that we're allowing ego to stand in our way because we don't even recognize that there is any ego because we've been doing it that way for so long. Yeah. Right? It's like your ability to protect yourself has gotten so good. Yeah. Get anymore. Well, right? the awareness, I mean, the awareness is the, it's the hardest part, but it's the most important part. So I'd love to give a kind of tactical strategy for the listeners if you're open to it. Perfect. Yeah. So, and I learned this years ago in a book, but putting a, a rubber band or like a hair tie on your wrist and you can use like a neon color to really make it stand out when you start to slip into those negative emotions of ego. So comparison, gossip, right? How many times have we been sitting around a room of, of friends and we start to kind of fall down this path of gossip? Usually you're cognizant when it's happening. You're like, Oh, yeah. this makes me uncomfortable. I don't really want to do this. Or I don't really feel that way about that person, but I just want to fit in or everybody's talking about it. So you slip into this negative this place, what you can do is you can snap yourself out of it by literally snapping the rubber band on your wrist to inflict like a second of pain where yeah. you're actually embodying and putting yourself back into check to help rewire those patterns. And over time, just even looking at the rubber band will bring you enough awareness to say, hey, you're complaining again, or you're gossiping again, or that's just self-doubt or whatever yeah. that might be. So a little, a little rubber band trick that's super helpful. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I love that. So now let's talk a little bit about like how you built your business and, and what the story behind that is, because I know you went from, you were doing the thing and then people were like, how are you doing the thing? And now you're helping other people do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so what, what really worked for you and how did this come about that you became a celebrity trainer mm -hmm. and then went on to help other people with it? Let's yeah. talk about that. So if I had to give you a one word answer for how did I build it? Um, investing would be my answer or like, you know, finding a mentor. 
I hired my first coach in 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. And that was my first kind of go at business. And she was a business coach. She actually was a fitness coach for me. I used to do bodybuilding competitions like so many of us. And um, in doing that, she started business coaching some of us to help build our brands and kind of build our presence. This was even before I was on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, but using Facebook and just doing email marketing. And when I was working with her, I was living in New Jersey. She lived in Massachusetts. So I was paying her for weekly email check-ins. She would send me my workouts and my macros and I would do a weekly email check-in. So at that point, I had been a trainer for well over 10 years. I kind of had a light bulb moment. I said, oh, I think I can do this too. So in 2013, I started doing online training in the most simple, just email form back and forth. And then in 2014 and 15, I started playing around with what would it look like if I started bringing my clients into Facebook groups together and hosting challenges and kind of running more of these group programs, which turned into eight week e-courses that I was running through Facebook. Um, And then from there, the height of the $79 12 week ebook got really popular in the fitness industry. So I sold a ton of those and just started playing around with the industry as it was changing. I got into blogging. Um, And so after I worked with her in 2014, Um, I took a break and I was not working with a coach until 2017. But when I left my teaching job in 2017, decided to invest in myself again, joined a business coaching program, um, and now have not been without a coach for the last three years. And so at that moment in 2017, when I decided to go all in on this kind of online coaching space, I decided to go with high ticket courses because I had done the eBooks and the challenges and all of those different things. And so in 2017, I started playing around with high ticket courses. The courses that I was selling at the time were all based on nutrition, fitness, food, relationship with food. Um, And those, those were the programs that my, my peers in the industry were kind of like, Hey, what are you doing online? Why are you always on the computer? What do you make all your money? Um, (laughs) So that that's where that all had come from and really just playing for the last six years playing with the industry, trying different things, making a lot of mistakes, investing a lot of money, making a fool of myself. I mean, I look at some of the older videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I put that out. But it was just taking messy action and just doing it, just putting it out there consistently. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That's the, I love that you really centered it down to investing because I think every single one of us would say that if I look at my company, um, I've done the same thing. And it's not just investing in mentors and coaches, which I am always investing in mentors and coaches. And I actually invest in mentoring coaching for my team members as well, but investing in ads, investing in building a team, investing. It, it, that's such a good, I think that's such a good takeaway from, from what you shared there, because, you know, it's like you can literally skip over years and years and years of struggle mm-hmm if you're willing to make the right investments in your business. And I think it's important that people see that people like us at this level are saying that because I think it's easy when you're in a, you know, a selling situation to say, you need to invest in yourself. Like you're not going to get to where you wanna be, but people need to understand that's what people that actually are where they want to be, that is the number one thing that we're constantly doing. And I love that, that you led with that. I think that's, that's really crucial. Um, what are some of the things that you feel like you've done that have been like really different from others in your space that have allowed you and what you're doing to really stand out? Ooh, stand out. I don't know that it's so much different because I do see other people doing it, but one of the core values of our entire company is give back. 
And so we have a really large give back component that also has to do with education. When I left teaching, I made a commitment that the company will always be involved in education. That's what we do. I mean, we're teaching yeah. business building. Yeah. And so um, we actually are building a school right now in Ghana, which is pretty cool. So we're doing that through Pencils of Promise. But that's something that I just feel very proud of and very connected to. My husband and I had honeymooned in Africa. Um, again, I was a teacher for eight years. It was something we always wanted to do. Pencils of Promise sort of divinely fell into my lap at the right time. And we just committed to wanting to do that. I thought it would be like a three to five year project. And it ended up, it was about, I think, 15 months that it took us to mm -hmm. raise and donate enough money to do that. So we're actually currently, it's September, we're about three or four weeks into our school build right now overseas. And hopefully when we can travel again, we'll be able to go over there and see it. Yes. Um, but yeah, just keeping impact, like the real, you know, core of everything we do and teach and then seeing that ripple effect in all of our clients and what they build and yeah. who they work with and what they donate to, whether it's time or money. Um, it's really incredible to see that impact ripple across. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel the exact same way where, breaking ground soon on a well in Malawi. And I think that to, to what you're saying, leading with impact, I, I, I think as a reminder for everyone, when you say connected to causes, like for us, it's bringing clean drinking water for people, for you, it's building schools. When you're focused on that and you have a big goal that you've committed to around the give back piece, it's a lot easier to keep in perspective the first world problems that we deal with every day. So and much. I remember when we had set the initial goal to build the well last year that we funded. And when we were going through like little ups and downs, I always kept that at the forefront. And I was like, no, like we are doing this. Like we're making this donation this year. Like we committed, we're doing this. And I think it's just such an elevated way to do business because the stuff that we deal with is so first world, you oh, know, it's so and, nominal <laughs> and, and staying connected to something like that. Like that's incredible for you guys. And you know, you will, you'll get to go see that school. You'll get to go see the ripple effect of your work, but it's not only that, and this is for everybody listening, it's the hundreds of clients that will now follow suit because you as their leader demonstrated that for them. And to me, that's one of the most important things. And, and for everybody listening, whether right now you have, you know, 10 clients or you have a thousand clients, when you make that first move and your clients see that, that ripple effect that you create in the world is so huge beyond belief because it, it, it spans beyond, it almost then becomes where it doesn't even matter what the thing that you initially did was. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that just now all of your clients are like, well, this is what we do. Like, these are the types of businesses that we build. Like we give back. This is a part of how you build your business. And I think it's incredible that now you're modeling that and everyone who comes through your programming is going to, as a byproduct, just think, well, this is, this is part of what we do. You know, yeah. that's amazing. That's really I have chills and I acknowledge you too for the same. I mean, yeah. it's so funny that we're just casually sitting here on zoom talking about these <laughs> crazy impactful but, missions. Yeah. And I well, and that's, but that's the thing I think that, and I try to say this and I try to remind people on the show almost every week, we take for granted the internet. Mm -hmm. There was no live streaming. I don't know when you started your business, what year it was. Um, was there live streaming when you started your business? No. I mean, no. I remember uh, right at the beginning, what was that app that came out? It was like oh, it short was, videos. Um, Periscope. Periscope. Yeah. Periscope. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So there was no live streaming when I started my business either. And so for me, because that wasn't there when I started, I'm like so mind blown by it. Like, like I use it all the time. I use it almost every day. 
but I'm still mind blown by it. And I think we take for granted these tools that we've been given and the access that we have, which is unbelievable and the freedom that we've been given and these little things, but there are people that can't take advantage of that even if they want to. And that's where I think that responsibility comes in for us to say, Hey, we have these tools. We have this access. We can do this. And so we should, you know, yeah. so yeah. that that's really, really cool. I'm excited for you guys. And I hope that you get to get out there. Hopefully all the craziness that's going on yeah. subsides a little bit and you guys can get out to see the school sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. We will. We'll get there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. So what are you most excited about in terms of like where you're going from here and what's next and what you're looking forward to in, in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So we are hard pivoting what again, once again, um, we've sort of created this machine that works and it's well oiled and we've scaled the team and we're just kind of repeating the process of a couple different courses. Our signature course in Power University is the 90 day program that people come through for business coaching. Um, but right now we are actually building essentially a school as well. So like, yes, the school in Ghana, but we're building out kind of a digital platform that's going to be a blend of um, a place for people to create and sell and share their products and programs as well as come through as if it were just a a university. So a very big project with a lot of phases, but I'm really excited about what the vision of it all looks like. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so exciting. And so just a couple pieces of advice that you would give just from either big learnings that you've had or mistakes that you've made along the way that you think are, are really critical, especially now where we are in 2020 and kind of as people are preparing for the final push of the year. Yeah. 2020 is not over. <laughs> 2020 is not just like a done deal. Yeah. So please don't just yes. curl up in a ball. Um, yeah. I think everything I would say is really just the cliche stuff, right? Like just start <laughs> really, truly, you're never going to be ready. And the mistakes are not mistakes. They're just lessons. They're stepping stones to get you there. One of my favorite quotes is uh, Steve Jobs. You can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect them looking backwards and you have to trust that they'll connect or, or that they'll appear. So just literally taking the first step. I mean, I can't, it's so cliche, but just show up, just do something. Um, Find the people that support you, find the people that uplift you, understand that it might take, like you said, investing or getting in rooms that make you really uncomfortable. I mean, some of the, some of the rooms that I get myself into, I'm like, what am I doing here? But those are always the ones that force me to grow. Yeah. And like force me to level up. That's it. Yeah. And going to events. I mean, reading books. I, gosh, I've read hundreds of books. I'm a huge reader. And like you said earlier, it kind of shrinks the time. It minimizes yeah. the amount of time to learn something. So why not just read about what someone else did and the mistakes yeah. that they made and the things that they learned? I'm a huge, huge reader. And I just, yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. Podcasts too are great. Right. And podcasts too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So where do you want to invite people to come hang out? What do you have that, that is a great next step for them to take, Jess? Yeah, absolutely. So I hang out most on Instagram. I'm at jess.glazer, G-L-A-Z-E-R. Please come say hi, jump into the DMs. Let me know what was helpful. Um, I'd love to gift the audience. Actually, I have a reading vault where it's a reading list and each month we do a different book list. So I put up three different books every month that I'm currently reading and you could read them along with me. Um, And in addition, there's a speed reading training in that. So that's at jessglazer.com slash reading vault. That's just a free gift they can come see. It's all broken into categories so you can find books on marketing and sales and entrepreneurship, business mindset, all the different things. 
I love it. That's so awesome. All right, guys, definitely take advantage of that and hit Jess up over on Instagram. Jess, thanks so much for hanging out today and sharing a bit of your story. And you have some incredible things going on. So I will be watching and cheering for you from the sidelines for sure. And, uh, you know, all the best to you guys and, and keep, keep moving mountains because that's what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. We'll see you back here next week. Bye. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and we love to keep climbing. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs to help them grow and scale their businesses online. And thank you so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each week. Here's to our next 600 episodes together.